Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast listeners, you are going to start hearing us recording from the sanctuary again. We have, as a congregation, decided to come back together to worship in person with masks on and a COVID protocol that is our way of prioritizing the most vulnerable among us, those who cannot be vaccinated or who are not vaccinated. So enjoy listening. And again, you might hear us from our sanctuary in Atlanta, Georgia. Some of the recordings might actually end up um, sounding different in this setting, but we hope that you continue to listen, give us feedback, rate us on your different podcast listening apps and take good care. Be safe.
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Pastor Darcy here. Pastor Henry right here. And we are coming to you live from the sanctuary for our online service. We are actually in the, in the computer technology room. room. Yeah. 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 But we are so happy that you're here. We're in a sermon series right now, the final sermon of our series with Reverend Cassandra Henderson, who is just family, and we adore Reverend Cassandra. I met Reverend Cassandra um, going to Candler School of Theology together, and um, and since have been able to do some incredible work with her. She is not just a producer, an artist, a uh, creative, but also really um, a, a dear, dear friend. And, and I say this a lot and it'll never get old to me. I know um, that Reverend Cassandra is gonna change the world. And so I am so, so happy um, to get to welcome and um, consider, consider um, her a part of our family. So we're in this proximity sermon series and we want to um, continue to talk about what it means to be close, what it means to be family, what it means to come back in connection. You see, Pastor Henry and I are still are in close proximity and we're wearing our masks. And so how do we care for each other like that um, and continue to do that? So we are in this beautiful series and um, we are we have the, the band in the sanctuary. So we want to say welcome, welcome to those of you watching online, thank you for continuing to be a part of our community. And we will introduce the band um, who are going to take us into worship for this first um, song. All right. So let's cue the band. Hello, band. You guys ready? Wonderful. Thank you.
Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Um, I am Pastor Henry. Uh, pronouns are he and him. And will you join us this morning for our call to worship? We hear the voice of God calling. Love your neighbor as yourself. We ask ourselves, who is my neighbor? We look to those near us. Love your neighbor as yourself, as you love yourself. The lawyer within us asks, who is my neighbor, really? We look to those nearest us, and then we look within. We hear the voice of God calling to be and to love. We feel the spirit moving among us moving us to acts of compassion, justice, and liberation. We know the love of Jesus. We feel the pressure of the world to produce and to consume. Love calls us into being, not simply doing. Christ's example of open-heartedness guides us towards a holy surrender. Come surrender and worship god together in love you have been called to worship and let us continue to worship this morning through music
Good morning, everyone. We have a poetic intervention, Narr Narrative Theology Number Two, written by Padraig Otuma. I used to need to know the end of every story, but these days I only need the start to get me going. God is the crack where the story begins. We are the crack where the story gets interesting. We are the choice of where to begin. The person going out, the stranger coming in. God is fracture and the ache in your voice. God is the story flavored with choice. God is the pillar of salt full of pity accusing God for the sulfurous city. God is the woman who bleeds and who touches we are the story of courage or blushes. God is the story of whatever works. 
God is the twist at the end and the quirks. We are the start and we're at the center. We are the characters, narrators, inventors. God is the bit that we can't explain. Maybe the healing, maybe the pain. We are the bit that God can't explain. Maybe the harmony, maybe the strain. God is the plot and we are the writers. The story of winners and the story of fighters. The story of love and the story of rupture. The story of stories. The story without structure. Amen. Good morning, good morning. We have came to our time of centering down. So if you're at home, you're on your couch, you're in your chair, wherever you may find yourself this morning, let's get in a comfortable position. And let's embrace the silence this morning. This comes from our the great theologian, Howard Thurman. We're going to sit in silence this morning. We know that there's so much going on in the world, across the ocean here in America as well. We're praying for those who are in the midst of a hurricane. There's so much going on in the world. Let us focus our mind this morning and try to declutter, I would say. There's a poet that says it's in the silence. It's where God speaks to us. So this morning, as we breathe deep, As we are grateful for the breath that flows through our lungs and through our body. In silence, let us fill our hearts and our minds this morning with gratitude and prayer for those who are in the midst of a struggle throughout the world. Let us embrace the silence this morning. Let us pray. God, we thank you first and foremost and always for the gift of life, for the gift of being, for the gift of community. And we come at this time not to just pray for ourselves, but to pray for the entire world, to pray for every human being that you've touched, that you've placed a spirit within. We ask that this time that you allow each and every person to feel your presence, to embrace your spirit of love and peace and understanding. We ask that you be amongst us this morning, not only in this sanctuary, but in our homes, on our jobs, in our cars, on our walks. Sustain us, provide us this morning a fresh anointing to see, to love, 
and to connect with those who are across this world. It's in Jesus' name, the Black Messiah, we all pray. Amen.
Thank you so much. The band is amazing. It sounds incredible and try we put you on double screens and it just sounded like y'all in a stereo. It was great. Um, we just want to do a couple of quick announcements. Again, this is Pastor Darcy. And um, yeah, we are just wanting to emphasize how we're trying to keep everyone safe um, in service. So we do masks um, in every movement of the service. So um, next week when we get back together, that will be the case. Um, the next, oh, I see this isn't going to work. I thought I could be all slick. Well, we have um, a group that's meeting on Monday nights to read this book called um, The Wisdom Jesus. And we'd love for you to join. If you want more information, let us know. Um, the other announcements are we're looking for folks to do rides to be able to help um, some of our members who need rides to service. So let us know if you'd like to be a part of that. And then next week, I'm actually gonna tag Pastor Henra. We are starting a new sermon series that is um, that is called Extraordinary. Do you wanna talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Um, as, as stated, new sermon series, Extraordinary. Um, what came to mind, and Ellie actually brought this to us, uh, to the conversation was about, when you think of Extraordinary, what do you think? Superheroes, things that are great, things are, that are, uh, you know, uh, that are elaborate. Um, so this sermon series will be about having that extraordinary love, that extraordinary peace and connection with the world that we live in. So uh, we're so excited for the lineup um, and we, I'm, I'm so excited for the message that's coming forward and I'll be starting us off next week. Mm -hmm. So definitely join us uh, for our sermon series, Extraordinary. Awesome. And <clears throat> next we're gonna do Offering with Pastor Henra. Uh, one being text give, which is the easiest way. You saw the number for 7300 uh, 1731. Um, you can also go to slash give and give that way as well. But let us pray over our offering this morning. God, as always, we thank you for every gift given, for every um, time, whether that's in time, whether that's in money, uh, whether that's in energy and not able to be here. But we thank you for every person, um, every gift given. We ask that it be used for the building of your kingdom, for the upkeep of your glory, so that we may spread love um, that is inclusive to all across this world. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. And all of God's saints say amen, amen, and amen. Um, and at this time, we'll go straight into our Bible, our children's morning, going straight into our Bible reading this morning with Elliot. Okay. Now hear this scripture from the book of John. Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. 
This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow later. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Elliot, we are here to read a story and we have our friend Beto. And we have our friend Luis. Um, so let me quickly, I'm trying to do a lot here, share this. Um, Stop screen share and then share a window that I have right here. All right. Here we go. Hey, I have that same book. You do. Okay, so the book is called We Belong Together. That's not working right. Will you be able to hold the book up, buddy? Yeah. Okay. So I'm stopping the share. Okay, this book is about love. And we thought this book is really special to our family. So when we heard that um, Reverend Cassandra was gonna be preaching about love, we thought we would read, We Belong Together, right? Right. Okay, so Luis, will you turn the pages? Okay. This is a book called, We Belong Together. All right, go ahead and start reading by Todd Parr. We belong together. We belong together. We're the, all that from the scrubs. Okay. <laughs> You're really, You're really good at reading. Yeah, here it is. We belong together because you need it and and I have one to share. share. <gasps> wow. Good job. And now we are a family. Family! <laughs> Come step a little closer, will you? We belong we together. together because you will need someone to help you grow healthy and strong. Grow healthy and strong. Help to give. You had help to give. Now we can grow up together. Now we can grow up together. We belong together because you need it. Someone can kiss your boo-boo. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. When I get hurt, I need someone to kiss my boo-boo. Mm -hmm. And then we have to boo-boo. Yay. And now we can hold hands. <gasps> we can all hold hands. We belong together because you needed a friend. 
And I know where to find one. And I know where to find one. We always need someone to play catch. We all need someone to play catch with. You wanted to learn. We had lots to teach you. Now we can discover new places together. There's always some little different different countries. Yeah. We belong together because. You needed someone to read to you. You needed someone to read to you. And we had stories. Alright. And now we can. We all have someone to make us laugh. We belong together. I love you. And we had love to give. Good night. And that is the end. Okay, and let's read this last part because I think this is really important. There are lots of different ways to make a family, right? And it just takes love. Share your home and share your heart. Yay! What do you think about that? Do you think that love is something you say or something you do? Both. Both. That's really smart. Do you um, say I love you? Yes. Do you say it through your actions? Much. And through your words? Yeah, like this. You can, you can make your hands say love. How do you say love, Berto? Berto? That sounds like a great thing to do. All right, will you pray together? Will you pray with me? Yeah. All right, come over here. Let's pray with everybody out there, okay? Yeah. Thank you so much, God, for telling us that love is the most important thing. Thank you that we continue to learn how to love each other when we need it and in the ways that we need it, right? Yeah. All right, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What's next? What's next, Pastor Henry? <laughs> we have a pre-sermon song. Oh yes. Back to the Back band. To Thank you, band.
Thank you, thank you, worship team. Um, we are going to prepare for our sermon this morning. And before we do that, we just wanted to pray over our pastor, um, our messenger for this morning. Um, so let, let us do that. And then your next voice you'll hear will be Reverend Cassandra. God, we thank you for allowing us to be in this space this morning. Uh, let us, we are praying, uh, we thank you for the messenger. Uh, we ask that message does not fall upon deaf ears minds to receive something special from you it's in jesus name we pray amen 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 many thanks to you pastor henra and to pastor darcy for inviting me to this moment for god for opening this door and giving me god's word for the choir the beautiful music for Luis, that wonderful reading. I just am excited about being a part and being back here at Park Avenue, although I am in my house completely. Um, but I'm so excited to be with you all always. You are a family that I love, I cherish, I adore, and I'm glad to be in relationship with you. There is a word from the Lord. This word, as Elliot read earlier, comes from John 13. Chapter, uh, chapter 13, verses 33 through 36a. Lord, breathe and speak and move that we might hear, that we might obey, that we might love and not miss this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. There are times when things totally go over our heads. A comment is made, a joke is told, a secret is shared, and we miss it. We miss the punchline, the purpose of it all. Sometimes it's subtle, requiring a bit more psych psychological investment on our part, while other, time, other times it's bold and it's in your face, and yet still we miss it. We try to keep up with the conversation or our greatest intentions to remain mentally present with one another. And somebody says something significant, but strike one, we miss it. The dots don't quite connect and something gets lost in translation and we just miss it. This doesn't happen in only in small circles of friends or one-on-one -on -one conversations. This kind of thing can happen anywhere, really. Watching a movie or television show or even in the classroom or on the job. In fact, this kind of thing often happens in spaces like this. Worship services, where preachers who have slaved for hours trying to creatively craft our words in ways that tickle your ears and stir your soul. And despite our best efforts, the point is made, but it's missed. And I mean, notedly charismatic speakers and preachers often allude to this phenomenon by interjecting a familiar aside in their sermon, saying things like, did you catch that? Or let me say that again. Sometimes they'll go as far as to jokingly chide, you'll get that a little later as they continue to preach. I used to be so offended by this. Their suggestion somehow meant that those who were taxed, tasked with the responsibility of listening were somehow slower than the person who was speaking. I was offended. 
but I've come to realize that what they're simply implying has less to do with insulting the listener as much as it does acknowledging that this is common behavior. Because the truth is, we miss meaning all the time. Let me just say, this is not a new thing either. In fact, it appears as though Simon Peter may have been among the pioneers of this behavior as evidenced in our text today. Jesus speaks to his disciples saying, little children, I'm only with you for a little longer. You will look for me as I've said to the Jews. So now I say to you where I am going, you cannot come. But I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Then Simon Peter says to him, Lord, where are you going? It's actually kind of a conversation that is very fascinating. Here we have Jesus speaking with the people to whom he was assigned, giving them the same declaration to the Jews, the people who he was sent to visit. He says to them, I'm going someplace you can't go, but in the meantime, I am giving you a brand new commandment, a new standard, a new law, a new way of being. As I have loved you, love one another. And this love, this love of one another is how people will identify you as my own. And Peter, in good human form, misses it. He says nothing about the commandment. Instead, he focuses on what he cannot do, what he cannot have, where he cannot go, and he latches his attention there instead of on the divine offering that he has been given. There he is. On one hand, there is this uncanny parallel between this passage and our current human condition that makes me question just how far we've actually come as human beings in this generational process of evolution. I mean, how many times do we who live today in 2021 find ourselves so easily enmeshed in the antiquated preoccupation of our limits? We focus our lack we focus on our lack, what we don't have, rather than looking at what we've just been given. We don't have enough of whatever it is we think we need. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough friends. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough support. We don't have enough status. We don't have enough power. We don't have enough influence. We don't have enough. We just don't have enough. And so we dwell on what we don't have, what we think we've lost, just like Peter seems to do in the text. I have seen this happen time and again. I think about even now as we face re-entry on so many levels into society, those of us who before COVID were screaming out some of these same pleas. We don't have time to sit at the dinner table with family. We don't have time for date night. We don't have time to sleep. We don't have time. We are here at work longer hours than we ought to be. We don't have time to exercise, to sleep. We don't have time to just lounge around, but then COVID hit and all we had was time. 
all we had was time and opportunity to answer some of the qualms that we had. Time to grieve the loss of loved ones. Time to call friends we hadn't spoken to in ages. Time, time to rest, time to pray, time to clean up. We had time for family then. We had time for our children then. We had time for God then. But like Peter, now a year later, here we are looking at going back to what we thought we had before, the toxicity of overwork and underrest. And we're rushing and scampering toward that familiar sense of normal because this where we are is uncomfortable. Wearing masks is uncomfortable. Loving at a distance is uncomfortable. Yet Peter had been blessed with a new way of living and a new thought about how to consider loving, a new standard, a new law. But he was fixated on what he did not have, what he was bound to lose, what he could not do, and so too are we. Instead of looking and focusing on what we have been given as our point of departure, life as we once knew it has changed. And the truth is we cannot return to what was. And if you asked us in March of 2020, if we wanted to keep up that kind of lifestyle, many of us would have said no. No to the long hours. No to the missing friends. No to all the events we were missing. No to the rest we were missing. No to the trips we were missing. As I read this passage, I hear the worry in Peter's voice. So much so that if you keep on reading, that worry is contagious. And Thomas goes on to ask the same question Peter asked, which is, Jesus, where are you going? Jesus continues to try to usher them into this idea of love, of a new kind of love, of God's kind of love, of the kind of love they've experienced through Jesus Christ. And all they can think about is what they are about to lose. This is where we differ with the text. See, for the disciples, Jesus was their everything. Jesus was their provision and provider. He was their example and their educator. He was their friend and their family. He was their leader and their Lord. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else could be done. Who would they be if he were not there? But we are different. As recipients of the promise of perpetual divine presence, it's not Jesus we fear losing. It's our comforts our status, our privilege, our power, our money, our friendships, our affiliations, our titles, our positions, our homes, our resources, our careers, our phones, it's our stuff. These are the things that define us. These are the things that propel us to wonder who will we be without them? Bump love, this is how we identify. And it's right here that, we potentially miss the entire message. Not only is there a fixation on these limitations, what we stand to lose, what we have lost, but there is an entire commandment that Peter completely ignores. A new commandment that can be read as a kind of 2.0 remix of Matthew's gospel 
that notes the greatest commandment. Jesus says is love your Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. This is the first and great commandment and the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophet. Jesus doesn't touch the first part of the commandment about loving God. It's it's that part that is a given. Instead, he remixes the second commandment. In John's gospel, Jesus doesn't say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Instead, Jesus in John's gospel says, as I have loved you, love one another. In other words, don't base your love for someone else on your faulty love of yourself. Base your love of one another on my perfect love for you. Peter misses this because he's worried about who and what he won't have rather than appreciating what Jesus has given him. I have given you the template. Now go and do likewise. As I have loved you, love one another. And to be clear, this text is about love. It's about how we love and who we love and how that love is expressed. But I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment to lift this message and apply it to a slightly different context as well. Now, follow me on this tangent just for a moment. I promise we will come back to love. See, sometimes we make ourselves sick worried about the things we think we need, the familiar toxins that are no more. We get stuck, stuck and stagnant, not realizing that we have been given a template. You may not have the job or the relationship or the house or the car or the arrangement you had before. Go ahead and grieve that loss. It's real and the absence hurts the heart and the soul and the pride, but don't sit in that loss for all time, lest you miss the lesson. For as long as that season lasted, you were given an opportunity to bear witness to what to do and what not to do, so that when life's inevitable cycle returned, you could do it better, and you would know how to do it yourself. As I have loved you, love one another. This text is talking about learning and leaning on the example of Jesus, but there are some people in our lives whose examples we can learn from too. Don't miss the message. Not the one from the Messiah and not the one from our life mentors. See, it's time for us to get unstuck. Time for us to stop dwelling on what won't be or what we have lost. We are so close in proximity to to the truth of our calling, so close to the embodiment of our purpose, so close to the full manifestation of our truest self. And yet we stand to miss time and time again, stop dwelling on what we don't have and start utilizing what we've already been given through experience and in relationship with God. So not only was there this fixation on limits, not only did Peter miss the commandment, but here is the kicker of the text. It's not just about us. See, this is the greatest rub of this passage, I think. It's because we have made our faith so personal. Jesus loves me. Jesus died for my sins. Jesus has done all things for me. 
Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And while there is truth in these words, don't get me wrong, our faith walk isn't just siloed in a me and God dynamic, contrary to popular belief. See, in John's gospel, everyone is a part of this walk. Verse 35 says, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now we can say a lot about ourselves. We can profess our faith before congregations. We can dip ourselves and be dipped in the water day in and day out. We can plead the blood of Jesus. We can lay hands and join hands. We can sing hymns and lift voices. We can run laps around the sanctuary. We can show up for every Bible study, show up for every choir rehearsal, show up for every Sunday school, show up for every deacon meeting, show up for every usher meeting, show up for every kind of meeting, show up to the discipleship meeting, show up for the new member classes, all of the special events, go to all of the special services throughout the year, but none of this proves our discipleship like our love. See, our love is our card of identification of our faith. It is the proof in the pudding. It speaks louder than our verbal proclamation and stands the test of time. Our faith must be made visible in the way that we live and in the way that we love. We cannot simply hold fast to politically correct jargon and ideology. We must do justice. We must walk humbly with our God. We must hunger and thirst for righteousness. We cannot simply declare in a poster and a parade that black lives matter, that brown lives matter. We must come alongside one another and stand up against the injustices that seek to declare the opposite by enacting unjust laws and policies. We cannot talk that and say that love is love and love is love and wear rainbow colored paraphernalia and still operate in spaces that reject our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, our trans and non-binary family and friends. Our love is a lived action. Everyone will know what we believe by the way we love. We don't need another speech. We don't need another debate. And even though I'm preaching the word right now, we don't need another sermon. What we need is an act of love. We cannot simply talk about it. We must be about it. And that's what makes this text so uncomfortable. It's because this is a be about it kind of text. Jesus doesn't say everyone will know you are my disciples by the way you speak about love. No, rather your identity in Christ will be known by how you extend my love. If you have love for one another and not just any kind of love. No, this is not a hot air, unreliable, fly-by-night kind of love, but this is a Jesus kind of love. And not just any kind of Jesus kind of love, it's John's Jesus kind of love. And I wanna know if you have that kind of love. Heck, let's take a step back even. Do you want that kind of love? Cause see, Jesus's love is not easy to live out. It is an inconvenient kind of love that shows up at the wedding and provides 
drink so the party can go on. It requires us to step out of our comfort zone to provide for the needs and wants of others. A Jesus kind of love is courageous and righteous like Jesus in the temple, clearing out the money changers and hustlers. He didn't kill them or condemn them, but he kept them from corrupting the faith and doing harm to the innocent. That is a Jesus kind of love, the kind of love that is present, whether at high noon in the middle of a desert at a well or standing on the front lines on the Sabbath. That is a Jesus kind of love. It's the kind of love that is evident and visible for all of creation to see. That is a Jesus kind of love. Jesus's love is far reaching, providing for the needs and the, of the masses, feeding the 5,000 with, with what could scarcely feed a few. Jesus's kind of love is miraculous and it's not isolated or exclusive. When Jesus walks on water, he invites Peter out of the boat to do it too. Jesus's kind of love heals, it provides, it strengthens, it resurrects, it restores sight, it feeds the hungry, it nourishes the malnourished. It hears the silent. It attends to those who need. It proclaims the truth. It sets the captives free. It forgives of all sins. It endures all things. It sacrifices life. It sustains our love. It overcomes all obstacle. It defies unjust laws and makes crooked paths straight. See, Jesus's kind of love grants us life everlasting and life more abundantly. Jesus's kind of love grows. It is powerful. It is victorious. It is triumphant. It is royal. It is precious. It is eternal. It is unconditional. See, that is Jesus kind of love. Jesus's love is available. It's available to the sinner and to the saint. It is available to the upright and the downtrodden. It is available to the mainstream and the marginalized. And on top of all of this, Jesus's love has never failed. See, I think about the charge to love. As I have loved you, love one another. That's a reckless kind of love, a love that looks at how we used to love before and accepts this new commandment that radicalizes love in ways that were never seen before. A love that is applicable day or night a love that never sleeps or slumbers. That is Jesus's love. I think of the words of that famous hymn, love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, barely daily sustained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my, my unfailing cry from the water lifted me. Now safe am I, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. And while these words may be true, and we may be distant from each other physically, by relationship, not close in proximity. Social distancing and vaccination statuses may keep us apart. We are still close in faith. If Jesus has ever loved you in a way that has lifted you, we are responsible 
to extend that same kind of love to lift one another. And by extending this kind of love, by extending Jesus's love, everyone, everyone, don't miss it. Everyone will know that we are his disciples. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Cassandra, for that word this morning. Love is a lived action. I like that. I like that. Thank you for reminding us this morning about our call to love each other um, this morning. You always give us something to carry us throughout the week, and we thank you for um, joining us this morning and giving us this message. This is your invitation to respond this morning. You've heard the word. You've heard the message from God. Um, if you have any practice, uh, anything of that nature, please post that on our Facebook page. Um, if you have, if you connect with the pastors, myself and Pastor Darcy, please be open to connect with us online or by email if you have any prayer concerns of that nature. But let us respond this morning uh, to the message that we just heard um, with a worship song from our worship team this morning. Thank you again, Reverend Consumption.
Amen, amen. Team, again for leading us this morning, and I'm going to invite our Reverend back this morning to give us our benediction. So, Reverend Cassandra, let me add you back up here. And once again, this morning, will you benedict us this morning? Absolutely. Thank you again to Park Avenue's family. I love you all so very much. And now, may we be filled with the love of Jesus, 
not to be kept only to ourselves, but enable us, O oh God, to go forth loving with the love of Jesus so that everyone, and I mean everyone, may know you through the witness of your love through us. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.